Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Tierney, oh le grand pot pour Olivier Furlong, qu'est-ce qu'il lui a fait là Qu'est-ce qu'il lui fait Kieran Tierney Kieran Tierney, c'est quoi C'est quoi ça Il vient souhaiter une très bonne année aux supporters d'Arsenal Kieran Tierney, quel rush Magnifique This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunner Blog. James, a very goodly interlull morning to you. Goodly interlull morning to you too, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's been a beautiful weekend here in Dublin. We've had some great weather. Took the barbecue out for the first time. Cooked some meat, drank some beers. It was it was pretty pleasant, all things considered. Um, yeah. I've done a very British thing. Basically, the weather was good here last week. Um, and so in response, over the weekend, I sort of put my winter wardrobe into hibernation. Um, you only fool. To be, yeah, and I've been informed since that the weather forecast for this week is particularly uh, appalling. Someone mm. actually said to me it might snow, <laughs> which uh, would be certainly justification for... Um, my actions yes but i don't know they yeah. might have been winding me up well i mean it's 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 a much less um exciting thing you were doing this weekend than i thought you would be doing you know given your your exploits um of last week i i figured you would spend this weekend prowling patrolling the toughest barrios and neighborhoods sure. and estates the favelas in London. of rio exactly with your I am harder than Ross Kemp t-shirt on, shouting, come on then, if you think you're hard enough, etc., etc., tipping off the Daily Star paparazzi to be there at the same time. Uh, it sounds a bit more mundane, though. It was sadly mm. much more mundane. Um, no, since I returned to Marseille, <laughs> things have come back to normality. I suppose I should just sub- briefly summarise that for people who uh, aren't mm. aware but yeah, while I was in Marseille, I paid a visit to a neighbourhood called La Castellan, which is where Zinedine Zidane grew up. It's mm. an estate in the north of the city, or to the north of the city. Um, and I, I put it, it's on my Instagram stories if you go over there now. But uh, basically, it was quite a unfriendly welcome. <laughs> and, then I, and then it transpired after more research that probably I shouldn't have gone there on foot alone. But... <laughs> 
you know, I was trying to do the right thing for Arsenal. Something bad happens to me, something good happens to Arsenal. Yeah, and, um, I think we all appreciated that aspect of it, for sure. You know, I really tried. I tried. I walked into one of Europe's most dangerous estates in a desperate attempt to secure top four qualification. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it was funny. For, for us, anyway, looking at it from mm. uh, the outside, and obviously your your uh, comedic chops are well known, so it was very funny the way that you put it across on um, on Instagram, which mm. people can go over and have a look. But I mean, it must have been a bit uh, bit hairy, no? It must have been a, yeah, a, a point where you were like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, I think that yeah, the point when I walked onto the estate and first saw a man in a balaclava radioing people about my presence on mm. the estate. I'll be honest, my spider senses started tingling <laughs> at that point. Uh, you know, call me just very in tune with sort of, yeah. you know, bad signs. But at that moment, I thought, this is not entirely conventional. Um, <laughs> and yeah, when I was surrounded by the guys on the little scooters, um, little mopeds mm. as well. And I thought, oh, there's literally no way out of here. Again, just, you know, a few yeah. senses just saying, mm, maybe this wasn't a good idea. But I have to be honest, it wasn't as scary as it should have been. I mean, it should have been by all rights terrifying, but I was sort of so naive and so underprepared and so reliant on my uh, A-level French and desperately trying to think of the right thing to say that the true peril of the situation never quite hit home yeah I, I and i think cr crucially i sort of was able to portray f heaven forbid i would ever be this but portray a naive ignorant uh tourist and i <laughs> i summoned all my acting skills um to produce that performance yeah, yeah. i think it got me out of some trouble um, well well done you dug deep into the to, to the i don't know how i got there yeah. andrew you know i mean yeah i was <laughs> cruelly missed off the oscars ceremony for that particular performance but well yeah maybe you'd have got a slap otherwise who knows incredible i mean you know impossible not to think of all the kind of arsenal parallels you know granite shaka at the pfa awards marching <laughs> up and slapping gordon taylor across the face or whoever it might be um oh fun times <laughs> it's a weird world we live in oh fucking right it is um but look you were in marseille n not just to sort of um attempt to get yourself killed inadvertently no, that was actually very much a sideline yes secondary to the real reason i was there um and you were there to, to to watch um, William Saliba and also Matteo Genduzzi, but I'm not even remotely interested in Matteo Genduzzi. Um, okay. So we don't need to talk about him. Um, but William Saliba, you wrote a very long and detailed piece on, on The Athletic, but just sort of... As they tend to be. Yeah. From your seat in the stand, whatever it is. I mean, how did you assess his his overall performance in this game? Up and down, to be honest. I mean, he was very lucky not to give away a penalty. Um, I mentioned this last week, I think. And he was booked for a pretty rash challenge. He plays on the right of a back three. Mm. And when the ball goes... He spends a lot of time basically in the sort of right back zone, or certainly did against Nice when I was watching him. And when the ball goes down the line, it goes in the channel. He's not doesn't look the most comfortable you know, chasing out there after a winger or an mm. overlapping fullback. He looks very much like a centre-half playing at fullback. Um, but it's interesting because it's a similar role to the one Ben White played for Brighton the year before he joined us. So in some respects, I guess would represent a good schooling, you know, for coming into mm. Arteta's system. Um, 
he does look very composed on the ball. He does look uh, an astonishing physical specimen. I mean, he's you know he's the biggest guy on the pitch every time you see him play. Um, probably could be a bit more aerially dominant given his height and his power, but you mm. know he's he's has that kind of. I hesitate to use the comparison, but that Van Dyke build, you know, the kind yeah, of yeah. dream centre half, a bit like Gabrielle, really, as well. Um, but yeah, he looks uh, clearly very talented, clearly uh, some flaws and errors to iron out. I guess what's impressive about him is that even when he makes the mistakes, he is very unflappable. Mm. Like they don't seem to carry with him. He has the Walcottian ability to kind of shrug them yeah. off and go back to you know next time he gets the ball he turns away from somebody and sprays it out to the wing and you're like okay he's not um he's not fretting too much sure. about that hairy moment so no doubt in my mind there's a talented player there he made his debut for France at the weekend he did, um, yeah. only just 21 last week as well uh the question of what happens to him and is is a an interesting one in itself. And I have to be honest, I went into the piece and into the writing of the piece thinking, I was sort of thinking about it as a kind of, uh, I was going to be like, you know, Genduzi is Arsenal's past, but Saliba could be Arsenal's future. You know, in mm. your mind, yeah, as yeah, a writer, yeah. you're like, that's a lovely little sort of way of framing this. And, yeah. and, I, and I have to be honest, the more I uh, found out and researched and spoke to people around the situation the less confident I felt that he will indeed come back. Do you... Do you think... I mean, I, I personally think it's a good move for him, this loan move. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's extremely rare for any football club to pay £28 million for an 18-year-old who has barely got into double figures in uh, professional appearances. That's just not something that happens a lot. Nope. And you're talking about him as a 2021-year-old who is clearly very talented, but like most 2021-year-olds, even some of our best ever defenders made mistakes and had to go through a learning process at that age, right? So... It's a weird one because I can see the benefit of it from an Arsenal perspective and from the player's perspective. You know, we need him to go out and play on loan and, and develop and maybe make those mistakes somewhere else because for all the clamour of, like, we've got to get this guy in our team, if he makes a few mistakes, we know it doesn't take too much for the temperature to change, you know, when it comes to player opinion and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I certainly felt more confident about... Um, this decision to loan him out in terms of his future. Now, whether it works out that he comes back and is more a rounded player or he's gone out and done one of those loan deals where it's actually worked out from the perspective that, uh, you know, the the way people talk about protecting the value of the player and the transfer value of yeah. the player and all that. So he's gone to Marseille. He's played very well there. He's become a French international, made his debut for his country, uh, having a good season. And like, if he doesn't come back, then he could command a, a pretty decent fee. So one way or the other, it's, it looks like it's going to be a good loan deal for all concerned, player, club, and, and everything else. But the question about what is the plan? What happens? Is he going to want to come and 
if you like, play second fiddle. I think you made the point in your piece that maybe he wouldn't want to do that. He wants to play regularly as most players do. But we have the other the other uh, side of that is a, a club that needs more depth in its squad next season and competition for places, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it is going to be very interesting to see how it all turns out. Yeah, I think I agree with you that the loan has worked out pretty well. I mean, when you think about how few Arsenal games there are to go round this season, uh, mm. partly down to our lack of progress in the FA Cup, but obviously our absence from European competition. I think Rob Holding has played something like four or five league games from the start. Um, if you subs- And I think Arsenal benefited from the consistency of having White and Gabriel playing week on week. I think if you substitute Galiba, uh, Galiba, who's Galiba? Yeah. You've mashed him up with Matteo Ganduzi. This guy, yeah. Of- <laughs> <laughs> uh, half, yeah. If you substitute Saliba in for Rob Holding, I'm not sure that that sort of level of exposure to football it would have been the best for his development. Mm. I think the year he's had at Marseille has been really excellent. He's played more minutes than any other player for Marseille. I think uh, he's got the France call up, probably. If he were to move this summer, Arsenal would stand a significantly better chance of recouping, you know, close to what they paid for Saliba than they would have done 12 months ago. So, yeah, I think in one sense, everybody wins. I, the The impression that I had coming away from it is that the France call-up does potentially change things a bit in that it indicates to Saliba that he is at least close to a place in the World Cup squad. Mm. He's, he's by no means a shoe in It's really competitive and a couple of players were out this international yeah, it was, break. Yeah, it was Pavar that he replaced, you know, who's... Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, obviously, Kurt Zuma's dropped out of contention um, for a few reasons. And I think uh, Canate didn't get selected at Liverpool. So, you know, he's another contender. They've got loads of centre-halves, basically. Mm. But I think that... His feeling will be, if I have a shot at that, um, I have to go for it. I mean, look at Italy. You know, the opportunity to play in a World Cup is something that only comes up several times, mm. at best, in a player's career. Well, and maybe not. Let's <laughs> see what well, happens, yeah. Well, exactly. And um, for for all our sniping at international football, and I think much of it justified, I think for players it still holds... Yeah. Uh, a real appeal, particularly on that stage. And I think that he will be deeply concerned about the prospect of coming back and not playing games of the magnitude to convince Didier Deschamps to make him part of that squad. And I think that will Mm. weigh very heavily in the conversations that happen uh, in May. And I found it interesting as well that as yet, there really have been no conversations. You know, there's been no sense of... Well, at the end of the season, you'll come back and be part of the squad. I mean, the, the dialogue between club and player is, you know, it, it's not unusual for a lone player to be relatively um, left to their own devices. But mm. I do suspect that if someone was integral to your plans and a, a big part of your future, I do wonder if there might be a few more clues about how they might be used next season passed on by this point. I mean, how much of that is down to just Arsenal keeping as much stuff under wraps and as secretive as possible these days, you know, in terms of the inner workings? Because there was a report a couple of weeks ago or maybe a couple of months ago that uh, Edu and Ben Napper, who is the loan manager at the club, were were over there to watch him. So there's some... That was in October. Yeah. Yeah, they did go. They went and they 
uh, watched him play PSG. It was nil nil. Saliba played well. Oh, was that the 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 tackle game? Tackle on Mbappe, yeah. Uh, and Edu stayed after the game. They had a, a sort of quick chat to congratulate on him on his performance. Mm. But that was in October, and there has not really been substantial contact between senior figures at the club mm. and Saliba since then. Uh, yeah, you could say, well, there's, they're just letting him get on with his season. And, and that would be a valid argument. I have to wonder if, if, this, if this player was really important to your plans, if you, there would be a bit more than that. Maybe that's unfair of me, but that, that's, my, mm. that's my impression. I, I kind of feel, uh, and like I say, I did not go into writing this piece thinking that this would be my conclusion, mm. but I kind of feel like on both sides, there may be a slight sense of um, it not necessarily working out. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's at a point in the summer where a decision has to be made one way or the other. They either say this is a player that we want to be part of our future and um, let's work uh, work around it from that perspective or he's got two years left on his contract we think now is uh, a time where if we're not going to build or not build around him but but really integrate him we should probably sell him while his stock is high while he's got two years left on his contract avoid the old well now he's got one year he can just wait it out you know as much as players don't want to just sit around and everything else but it does feel like this is the the pivotal moment uh, this summer isn't it where that decision has to be pretty much um final if you like yeah and like i say i think the international call-up is potentially a catalyst in that situation because I think prior to that, maybe the prospect of coming back and giving it a go, mm. fighting for a place, maybe you don't get in the first half of the season, but by January, you know, maybe you're, you're pushing for a place, you can break into that partnership. I just don't know if that's going to cut it anymore mm. for Saliba. Um, and, and, I, and I don't get the impression... Maybe, again, maybe I'll be proved wrong that the club will fight him on that. You know, I feel like if he says I need to play and I want to play and that's my priority and that's my project for the next six mm. months, uh, I, there's not much from where I'm stood coming out of the club that makes me feel like they'll yeah. dig their heels in, um, especially if they feel like they can get their money back. I mean, it, it's... You know, it's an it's an interesting one, Saliba, isn't it? I mean, there's uh, there's so much talk about him. Um, I suspect it's the source of some frustration, <laughs> probably internally at Arsenal. They're probably like, we're doing really well. We've got two centre halves who would play really well, and yet Saliba, Saliba, Saliba. The other side of that coin is when you pay, as you said, yeah, that much money exactly. for a young player who also clearly has talent, who's clearly a big prospect. Fans are going to talk about that and be interested in that. Of future. course. Of course, because when you pay that, there's a level of expectation. You you kind of, look, I know it doesn't always work that way and it's not true 100%, but you sort of associate the transfer value with the ability of the player in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and of when course. you pay £28 million for an 18-year-old centre-half, you're thinking, fucking hell, what, what's this? Who is this kid? He must be amazing. And, you know, that's that I think from the very start has informed a lot of the 
the discourse, if you like, around William Saliba at Arsenal, um, which is, again, completely understandable. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And, I, and also, you know, I don't want anyone to think that me saying this is what I think might happen or what my sense is to think that that's what I want to happen. I mean, to me, it's eminently sensible for Arsenal to incorporate Saliba in their squad. Yeah. I would love to see what he could do in an Arsenal shirt. Um and, and, and I do think he would be open to that as well. It's not like the bridges are completely burnt and he's got no interest in coming back at all. I think uh, he would like to kind of put it right, mm. as it were. Um, I just don't get that impression that that's where this is headed. It, and if you ask me to kind of predict it at this point, I would say Saliba will have a good career. And that actually that money, although it was a lot of money at the time for a, a player of that inexperience, you know, I think he'll be a player who's worth that. I arguably he's worth that now, given his potential. Mm. Um, I'm just not necessarily sure that's going to be at Arsenal. And it's, it's. I think as well, a big part of it is just, does a manager fancy a player? And I'm not convinced mm. that this manager, maybe there's a better word, but like, he, I'm not convinced he's really having Saliba. Like, I'm just not sure he's to his... Taste. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I can see that absolutely. I also just wonder if maybe it's one of those where he knew he could sort of keep it on the long finger, if you like. A situation. What does that mean, Andrew? I've never heard that. Keep it on the long finger, just like down yeah. the line, something yeah, that you could okay. deal with at like a later that. date. Yeah. So, you know, when when he was looking at what he had to do at Arsenal. You know, the development of a 19-year-old, then 19-year-old central defender is obviously part of what he has to take into consideration. And he spoke about it and he talked about how he is a, a player for the future and we have to protect the player. And I think when he talked about that, when he said, I have to protect the player, I think he meant we can't just throw him in here. Because if you just throw a 19-year-old into a into the Premier League, into an Arsenal team that, you know, let's face it, wasn't... Um, as rounded as the one we're seeing right now that had some issues that he was trying to fix defensively and, you know, gallantly trying to do it with people like David Luiz, et cetera, et cetera. But I think he just immediately said, okay, in terms of my priorities coming to the club, this is kind of down there a bit. So we can loan him and maybe he'll go another season on loan and what have you, and then we can properly uh, assess. Like, I, I'm with you in that I would love to see him come back. I think we do need more depth at central defence, particularly if we get European football next season. And here's a guy, if you um, if you can say it, is pretty much ready-made to come in and do that. You know, we've talked about his physical uh, attributes. We've talked about his development as a footballer. Um, you know, the, there's clearly talent there. And he's our player. So it's sort of an uncomplicated way of doing it, but... At the same time, pretty much everything that has surrounded William Saliba and the deal and his time at Arsenal feels also exceptionally complicated too, doesn't it? Like it shouldn't be, but it is. Um, and I think it all comes back to, you know, the price tag and, and everything else. So, Yeah, we'll there's a lot to- of water under the bridge as well. You know, a lot, a lot went on and um, particularly in that first summer where he came back, I think... You know, obviously, he was very burnt by that experience. He really thought he was going to be included in the squad. Mm. Ultimately, wasn't even registered. I believe I'm right in saying. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't do that well. I mean, as a club, they did not handle that no. aspect of it very well. And I think that's another reason why there's this sort of uncertainty that even if that period of, and I know it was a weird period because it was pandemic and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you're going to loan him, loan him. Uh, and I know something fell through at the last minute with, with a French club. Was it um, was it back Snake to Saint-Étienne? Yeah. But from, from what, from what, well... From what I was told, I mean, obviously it did fall through at the last minute, but the point was made to me, deals um, deals fall through at the last minute because they're left to the last minute, you know, and, mm. and it, had a decision on his future been made earlier, maybe that loan would have been sorted. Um, mm. it, the whole thing also is interesting because the people who did the deal for Arsenal, um, which was principally Husfami and, and Rouse and Yei, who Saliba's... And Saliba and his representatives, mm. I think, you know, worked with quite closely on that, aren't even there anymore. So I, I, I think there's kind of a, a slight distance, really, between between the parties. And, yeah, I'm just not sure I see it being bridged. And, and I, yeah, I'll be disappointed if that's the outcome. Mm. Um, but... Uh, you yeah. have to hope that there's an alternative. I mean, also, we wait and see. We wait and see. Wait you and never see. know in football, I guess. So what else has been going on in the interlull? Some Arsenal players have been scoring goals. Martin Odegaard scored a great goal the other night. Yeah, it was a brilliant goal. Lovely. Uh, and, uh, the sort of thing you want to see from him, really, emphatic finishing, you know, in those areas. Mm. I think uh, that's a good sign. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli made his debut for Brazil. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Big moment for him. Yeah, I know he's been really focused on that. I guess, you know, World Cup year. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a theme for a lot of players. Um pushing for those places. England, uh, Ben White played. Obviously, Saka got his uh, COVID diagnosis. Yeah, that's not great. Hopefully, he's uh, feeling better and not uh, in any way impacted by it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and Smith Rowe has been ill as well, right? But he... Um, yeah, he was left out of the game the other night because he had a small, he had an injury issue, and it was I'm like sorry, a small injury. Nothing, nothing too serious. Said no, in contention for the next friendly. Yeah, apparently, I worry a bit about that. I have to say, um, just from the it's what, it's his being his involvement. Yeah, I think I wrote about it over the weekend. Where if you look at um, the amount of minutes he played in the Premier League until mid December, it was. 90, 90, 28, 61, 88, 90, 90, 90, 90, 86, 90, 90, 70. And then since he's had those little injury niggles and he had, um, you know, a COVID issue as well, his minutes are 24, 12, 8, 19, 77, 22, 75, 12, 23, 90. Some substitute appearances in there. So I, I have a sense, I could be completely wrong, but I just worry a little bit that since coming into the team uh, on on um, December 26th, uh, he's been pretty much ever-present, and he went almost overnight from being young, developing prospect to first-team regular. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if there are maybe some physical issues that he is dealing with as he's, uh, you know, whether it's the workload, whether it's physical maturity playing a part as well as he's still growing. He's only 2021 20, as well. So he's beginning to, to develop physically those things combined with a lot of football over the last 12, 15 months. I just worry a little bit about things like that. So I don't want to see him play. Um, apologies to any England fans out there who would like to see him play, but I would rather not see him play uh, for England. Um, 
if there's any risk that he might do himself some some damage for us, you know, because with 10 games to go, every injury is like a, yeah, it, they, they can be critical, can't they? Yeah, it doesn't take too much for them to be a season ending at this point. Um, and I think, I do get the impression that he may be being kind of managed at the moment to mm. the throw. It feels like that in terms of how few minutes he's playing and, you know, he's been in and out. Um it feels like he's kind of close to the line potentially um and he's a player with history that makes you worried about that but um mm. yeah i guess hopefully hopefully the arsenal medical team and the england medical team are liaising on that um I, to be honest i don't see him starting the game i think if he has any involvement it'll probably be as a substitute and i could probably uh live with that mm. but you know it it's uh it's one to keep an eye on for sure. Ben White played. Um, he played centre half in the first half and then played right back, I think, for the last half hour. Or okay. So. Um, and did quite well as a right back, I think. Centre half, slightly less so. But um, I'm just trying to think beyond that. I have, I've seen bits and pieces of you know players popping up. Pepe scored against France. Did he you did. See that? Yeah, saw that a uh, goal Great at goal. the near post. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Hugo Lloris. Uh, We'll yeah, have one of those yeah, yeah. in the upcoming derby, <laughs> whenever that is. Nobody knows yeah. at this point. Remember that one, Pepe. Yeah, yeah we'll see that again. Uh, oh, in the England-Switzerland game, Granit Xhaka didn't do his duty and uh, deal with Harry Kane, unfortunately. Just just a crushing disappointment, unfortunately. I know. Yeah. I know. The one time you do want him to just really... Uh, I mean, it would be... <laughs> take the handbrake off. It would be amazing, wouldn't it, if Xhaka... You know. Spurs fans were worried about it. I saw a few oh, were they? <laughs> from anxious Spurs fans being like, they shouldn't even let him on the pitch with that animal. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Mr. Innocent Harry Kane, who backs exactly, into players yeah. trying to cause to slaughter. spinal injuries. And didn't he, didn't he nearly take someone's knee off earlier this season, Harry Kane? Probably, that sounds about right. I think he, he only survived. got a yellow card and, a, and an MBE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I guess the other big news was Italy, obviously going out. Um, yeah, of the World Cup, boycotting the World Cup team. in Qatar. <laughs> yeah, honourable stuff from Mancini and Co. <laughs> They're a hard team to get a handle on, aren't they? They won the Euros a minute ago, and then they were beaten. Who was it? North Macedonia. North Macedonia. Wow. Yeah. I mean, football, eh? I know. Incredible. It's a great goal as well from from Macedonia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and other than that, yeah, bits of qualification sort of dripping through here and there. Um, shout out to our Canadian listeners. Oh, yeah. Canada have made yeah, it to the I, I noticed a couple of messages and uh, an email this morning from um, Canadian gooners who are very, very pleased about making the World Cup. Yeah, Jonathan David has led them to the World Cup. All right. Is he on our, sh- uh, I was going to say shit list. Uh, he's sure. on our shit list, actually. He's on our shit list. <laughs> Well, he might also be on the shortlist, but for now he's on the shitlist until he gets himself off. Exactly. Um, Lauren Koscielny? Lauren Koscielny retired. Retired yeah. from football? I had a question about that, actually. Did you? Do you want to do it? We might as well do it. Yeah, why not? If I can find it. Um, what else have we got things, to do? I've said, you know, I've got a question about that. Okay, here we go. Joaquin or Joachim, probably, actually. Joachim Carlson would be a weird fusion of kind of uh, cultures. Uh, Joachim Carlson says, about Cos, I agree he left in 
the club in a weird way. But I think reactions from some fans were unproportional, i.e. the video with the shirt. Some fans react like religious fanatics gnashing their teeth. Was it that bad? If he behaves bad, shouldn't we behave better? <laughs> There's an existential question right at the end there. I thought it was going to be a bit yeah, more Christianly specific rather than... Um, look, there's always going to be um, pushback when you do something like that shirt video. You know, I, I think can, it was... Can I say, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was that bad. Like, I mean, on my give-a-shit-ometer, it's pretty low down, to be perfect. Because, like, like, there's... Wasn't yeah. it just sort of like, I did play for this team, and now, et voila, I play for this team. I think that was the intention, yeah. I think it probably could have been handled better. I mean... He didn't piss on the shirt. <laughs> you see, that's, I mean? that's the way I'm remembering it, though. He just had a gigantic <laughs> piss on the shirt. And he takes it off. Did a shit on the, on the can. And then he shits on the crest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, look... I think there are always going to be some people who view that as disrespectful. Like you, I didn't really think it was it was that bad. Um, and I thought the way that he he left the club to me remains uh, there's a mystery in my mind about that because you know this is a guy who had been so professional, captain of the club, was here for nine years. I know he had some issues with how much he was being played by Unai Emery and, and people could blame Unai, Unai Emery if they like. But, you know, I have to say in that regard, I have some sympathy for Unai Emery because, you know, who else have you got to try and hold your defense together? Um, Mustafi, you know, there are there are good reasons why Emery played him. I just think the way it all went down, there was there's something about this we don't know. We don't know that, like... Here's a guy who's given his all for 360-odd appearances for Arsenal, stuck his head where boots were flying week in, week out, and then he announces he's not going on the on the tour to America that summer. And I think probably something went down between himself and uh, the football executive-level people rather than Unai Emery, you know? And and that's, yeah. what, that's what sparked this, because it was very much... Uh, out of the blue as well, wasn't it? Because it was all of a sudden there was an uh, an announcement. Lauren Koscielny's not going on the tour. He's been stripped of the captaincy and, you know, we'll deal with this in due course. So I, yeah, there's just something off about that for me. Well, yeah, I'll never claim to know everything. And like you say, I, it, this feels like one where there could be a, a missing component. Um, certainly it is true that he was really... Uh, vexed shall we say by the way in which he was used uh given his injury problems i think like there are some crazy stats about how many games he played in how many days after returning from certain layoffs mm. um yeah but but i also think he was on a promise essentially that he could go uh in the summer possibly for nothing um and I think that promise was maybe something that was arranged with the previous executive team. I think Gazidis maybe was still at the club at that time. Mm. And then when it rolled around, it was like, well, no, we want to keep you. Or if you're going to go, there's going to be a, a chunky fee. And I think he did what a lot of players do uh, in those circumstances, which is sort of he threw his toys out of the pram to, to get his move. And the thing is, people's... Uh, Attitude to that will vary, I imagine. Um, you know, it, it 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 doesn't for me. It didn't undo everything good that he did for the club. 
and mm. he wanted to go back to France. Uh, you know, there was a Renaud agreement. He did everything he had to do to make that move happen. Um, you know, players do it to join us all the time, and it's it's part of football, unfortunately. Um, I do think the video thing was a bit overblown. I don't think it was meant as an insult to Arsenal. I appreciate it came off that way a little bit. But yeah, I still... I don't have any really negative feelings towards Koscielny. I, I, thought, I thought he was an outstanding servant in his time and, and arguably one of the better players, I think, of the yeah. kind of Emirates Stadium era. Yeah, uh, we certainly got value for money from him and uh, scored a very, yeah. very important goal in the 2014 FA Cup final. Um, the most Koscielny of goals um, <laughs> that you could score, like hugely important. He did score some clutch goals for us, some last minute winners and things like that. But, but basically injuring himself in the process as well, where he can't yeah. even celebrate the goal. You're just sort of lying in a heap uh, as everyone else is celebrating around you. But yeah, I, I always liked him as a player and I think the partnership with himself and Mertesacker was very good for, for a few seasons as well. Um, and it's nice now to have something that feels like it could develop in the same way, doesn't it? Yeah, and he's had quite a torrid time of late at Bordeaux, actually. Mm. I mean, I think he was left out of their... 25-man squad and the ultras were embroiled in a row with him. He was accused of racism, I think subsequently mm. cleared by an investigation. But um, yeah, it's not quite panned out, that move, as hoped. Um, he didn't make it to the end of that three-year contract. But uh, a great player for us in his time, certainly. Yeah. All right. Well, look, um, we'll take a break because we do have some questions. And of course, as we mentioned last week, we are going to have to do the Predictatron because we've 10 games left so okay. we're going to have to go for it and, and see just how wrong we can possibly be but if evidence of the past has told us anything it is quite wrong indeed the good thing is we tend to lose the evidence along the way we can never find uh, the Predictatron things um, when we're uh, trying to should look we, back should we them. combat that Andrew should yes. we or are we making a rod for our own back I, I've, I've set up a, a, a spreadsheet in Google Drive wow okay yeah so there it's will 2022 be a guys the future has arrived <laughs> alright we'll take a break we'll do that and more in part two right after this Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is part two of the show where we answer questions that you send to us on Twitter at GunnarBlog and at Arsblog. Also on the Arsblog Discord chat server, which you get access to if you are an Arsblog member on Patreon. I did enjoy your tweet about um, Will Smith going up to give Chris Rock the football score. <laughs> As if he'd just gone up and gone. Like I said, yeah. 96 yeah. minutes. Arsenal 2 1. Like Arsenal 2 1. Minute. That would have been nicer. Would have been. Yep, yep, yep. Like you said, a strange um, world. Um, do you want to like leave the Predictatron for a minute or two? Will we do a couple of questions and then ease our way into the Predictatron? Okay, whatever you prefer. Yeah. Whatever you prefer. This is the, you know, keep people listening, I think. This is how you do it, isn't okay. it? You put the good stuff towards uh, the strategy. end. Yeah. Strategy. But here's a question which I thought was quite good, and we have talked about a couple of these. Lawrence Tate, who's at Lawrence Tate underscore on Twitter, he says, how many of the players out on loan do you see playing in an Arsenal shirt again? He said, I imagine only Balogun and maybe Saliba. So I'll t- I'll list the players uh, who are out on loan and you tell me if it's a yay or a nay in terms of them mm. playing for Arsenal again. Alex Runerson. Okay. Nay. Sure. Do you agree? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hector Bellerin. Uh... Nay. I would go with Nay as well. He seems to be having a nice time in Betis. Yeah. Um William Saliba. <laughs> well I've got I've got to say nay after my part one. Yeah. Um But mm. I see why the questioner says he's got a chance. He's, of course he's got a chance, but I'd 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 Yeah, I'd edge towards Nay right now. Do we include friendlies, preseason friendlies in this? No, I no. think it's got to be a competitive game. Who I'm a bit stuck on this one, but I'll 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 go yay just for the sake of keeping people's hopes alive. Okay. Yeah, why not? Uh Pablo Marie. I hope you take that spirit into the Predictatron as well. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Marie. Uh, Pablo Marie. So weirdly, this is one that I think uh could happen. Um mm. Yeah, I'm gonna say yay. Uh, I, I mean, yay isn't what I'll be saying, but um, I'm going to say yay. I think just a just a vibe. He's been very nice about Mikel Arteta during his loan spell. He has. Don't think he's burnt any bridges there, and I can just foresee a scenario story. where. Hang on, sorry. Could you just start that again? Just say I could foresee oh, a scenario. I can just foresee a scenario where he comes back. There's an injury crisis. He gets kept around, mm. maybe plays once or twice, goes out at the very end of the window. Uh, of all uh, of all these names, um, I think maybe he's the one that I would say yeah. So I'm going to say yay for him. What about you? Right. Um, I think I'm probably going to say nay. Yeah. I think I'll go with a nay on him. I don't know what he's how he's doing in um, in Italy. Sent off the other day, I believe. Sent off, yeah, red card. What was he sent off for? Was it just like a professional foul or was, you know, did he go Will Smith on some guy? Someone made a joke about his wife, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> He really didn't take kindly to no. it. Um, uh, not sure how he's doing either. Not sure. Right. 
I think I'm that g- tells you a lot that we're not really paying much attention. Mm. I'm going to go with a. I'm going to go with a nay. I'm going to go I think a nay is likelier, but as you say, keep some people's hopes alive. The Pablo Marie fans, I've got to throw them a bone. It says I'm looking at transfer marked, and it says serious foul. <laughs> okay, okay. See, that's the that's the thing. Serious foul. So I wonder, does that mean serious foul play? Or did he just have a stern look on his face when he chopped a guy down? I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's... Uh, he's quite smiley a lot of the time, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, sees red for what? Hang on, I'm reading a piece now. Uh, a high foul. It's been called a high foul. Is he stoned off his bracket while also yes. being serious? I think he went in sort of over somebody's knee. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll see if I can find it. I mean, there's some great translations here. Former referee Morelli, don't even know who that is, um, said said of the red card, I don't like it very much. He was not sent off for a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. A a teammate immediately takes the ball. He was expelled for disproportionate vigour. Disproportionate vigour. There are elements in favour of red, which is why the VAR did not intervene. But for me, there is a lack of speed. Marie enters badly, but I see no elements for a serious foul. I would have given yellow. Okay. I think that's cleared that up. We know exactly what happened. Well, uh, I don't want to dwell on that then, if that's all right. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to go, I'm definitely going to go with a nay on that one. You're going to go with a nay, okay. Mavropanos. Konstantinos Mavropanos. No, I don't no. think so. I don't think he can come back. I think his agreement's basically done. I think it's signed and sealed. Lucas Torreira, who lost a tooth, I believe, in recent he weeks. He did, took a leaf out of my book, actually. I, um, nay. What, did nay. he go to La Castellan and, and yeah, just not back it down? it went slightly less well for him. Yeah. Um, his French isn't as good as mine. <laughs> and uh, he paid the price. Now, he, I don't think he'll be back. He seems to be having a nice time in Italy. Um, mm. with a load of Italian clubs. When is he not? Uh, he just likes it there. He feels feels happy and at home there. So why not? Yeah, good luck to him. I think I don't think he'll be back. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. You never know with Ainsley. It's I mean, just impossible, impossible to say one way or the other. I, I don't know if you I've, you wrote about him, didn't you, this morning? Is that right? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. It's not been going great for him uh, no. in Rome, at Roma with, with Jose Mourinho. Um, He's sort of a backup right back, as far as we can tell. Mm. Not really playing. I mean, I'm going to say nay. I'm going to say that he finally gets his permanent move this summer. He has to, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he does, because he's got a year left on his contract as well. And yeah. The only thing is with Maitland-Niles, he could have his overcoat on, his bags packed, he'd be halfway out the door and somehow he comes back and, and plays. So you just never quite know with him. But I would say probably uh, this summer he will be moved on and I guess you know another Premier League club will, will snap him up. Something I do sort of have the impression that he'll be like 34 and we'll be saying... He's really got to get that permanent move, Maitland-Niles. Is he a right-back or is he a midfielder, though? <laughs> we already talked about Gendouzi, and that's an obligation anyway, so Marseille yeah. have to. Uh, Reese Nelson. Mm. I mean, he's not set the world on fire, has he? 
in the Dutch league. No. Um, I kind of feel like it could be a yay, just sort of out of, like, we might get him back and no one might take him. Not, not being uh, sort of facetious or unkind, but, like, it's hard to see a, a queue forming for Reese Nelson right now. True. I mean, he's he's stagnated quite a bit over the last couple of years. Like, the, the season before last, or the season before this one, when he didn't go out on loan, didn't mm. slash wouldn't or or wanted to stay and fight for a place when I think he would have been better served going and playing more regularly somewhere else. I think he, his career would probably be in a different place right now. But uh, I think there'll be somebody to take him. Contract till 2023. I think we did activate a, an extension or a year's extension, didn't we, before we sent him on loan. It's hard to see a way back for him at Arsenal. Um, so I think he will go. I don't think he will play for us again. I th- I'm going to say, yeah, I, I think that I don't think he's got a long-term future. I just wonder if um, he might be around a bit next season as like a squad player, partly because we might not be able to move him on. So mm. um, I'll say, yeah, for point of difference. And then last but not least, I guess it's Balogun. Right? Yeah, Flo Balogun. So I'm going to... I think he yeah, will yeah. play for Arsenal again. Yeah, I think um, so, yeah. Um, he got a goal for the under t- England under 21s he did nice finish um, at the near post um, not sure he's made his kind of commitment to who he wants to represent at senior level um, oh because he can you know, still, he can, still yeah, in he the can, mix um, yeah he can go for the USA can't he he was born in exactly. New York um, but uh, yeah I think he, he will I don't know if it'll be next season I'm not sure. It's hard to call, isn't it? Our striker situation for next season. Oof. But yeah, I yeah. Think he, eventually he'll be back. Well, speaking of our striker situation, on the Discord, Crumble says, what do you think Arteta and Edu are looking for in their new number nine? Whoever it is, isn't really replacing anyone. Lacazette is a deep nine, almost a 10, and Aubameyang played a little wider. Do you think they want an Aubameyang with better link play or a Lacazette with more goals? Uh, I would say definitely much more of a Lacazette with more goals based on what I have been told. I think, you know, and and the clues are there in terms of the players that they've looked for, what they want. I mean, you know, the three names that were reported in January were uh, Vlavic, uh, Calvert-Lewin and mm. Izak. And I think they're quite instructive. They're all um, six foot plus. They're all uh, guys who work quite hard, relatively hard off the ball, who can drop drop deep and link, some better than others. Mm. Um, But also what Arteta is telling us in terms of penalty box threat, goal scoring. I mean, he couldn't be much more explicit about the need for someone who is more of a a threat uh, in the final 18 yards of the pitch. Yeah. so I, I think they're really looking for someone who can kind of do both, you know, who can who can drop in and create those overloads and who can is willing to work off the ball and press, but crucially has that ability to score goals. And listen, it's not easy to find someone who can tick all those boxes. We've certainly struggled to do it over the years, but that's what we need and what the top teams have. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's asking a lot, but I think that is what they're looking for, don't you? Yeah, yeah, probably. I'm I'm just I'm really curious about what depth we add as well. You know, because Balagoon has gone on loan. 
Yeah. And he's doing okay, I think, at Middlesbrough, but maybe it's a, a, an indication that another loan might be better for his development than a, a few minutes at Arsenal, substitute appearances here and there, right? Mm-hmm. And Ketty is going to go. I don't know what's going to happen with Lacazette. There's nothing new to report when it comes to the contract situation, even though Mikel Arteta gets asked about it every week. And he says, we'll talk about it at the end of the season, which is usually football talk for, we all know what's going to happen, but we're not going to talk or say publicly, yeah, we're going to let him go or he wants to go or whatever it might be. It's just, you know, the wrong thing to say publicly. So it does leave us with a, uh, an issue of depth, you know? So you can't just buy one striker or you have to have a plan to perhaps repurpose somebody else to play the same way or, or maybe give you a bit of variety or do you buy two strikers or do you buy a winger and you can then move Smith Rowe to the false nine, whatever it might be. I'm mm. curious as to what the, the plan for depth is. Obviously, like everyone else, I'm holding out for that like superstar, not superstar signing. Like I don't think as um, stickers on the Discord said, is Agent Odegaard bringing Haaland to Arsenal? No, I don't believe he is because the, <laughs> no. mo- the money is, even if he wanted to, um, the money is just I- incredible. It's insane. Um, and his agent, of course, is... Uh, is one of those guys who make sure he and his clients get, um, you know, well paid for their talents. And, and Haaland is obviously an amazing player with uh, the world at his feet and lots to choose from. But, you know, we're going to have to spend relatively big on one striker. Are we going to bring in another? I mean, do you think there's any way that you work out a deal with with Lacazette? Is that even a good idea? You know, in as much as... We can appreciate what he does, um, bringing people into play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but like his goal scoring, which is the main job of a striker, which is what Mikel Arteta said he was looking for, you know, has kind of gone off a cliff. Yeah, I, I think they'll make him an offer. I do think they will. Um, whether or not it's an offer he'd be inclined to take, I'm not so sure. Mm. Um, and I don't think they'll offer him whatever he wants. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they'll be like, roll out the red carpet, you must stay, like, is it? here's a five-year contract. I think they'll make him a pragmatic offer. Um, and if they can compromise on something like a one plus one, then I could see that happening. Um, if not, I think you have to be thinking pretty seriously about a second striker or at least someone who can fulfill that role, you know, yeah. or, or like you say, someone who frees someone else up because Smith Rowe, Martinelli, I'd be intrigued to see what both of those might look like kind of at the point of the attack. But I think you'd have to supplement the wide areas then with, with somebody, um, certainly two attackers of some description, I think will be on the list as things stand. Mm. But I wouldn't rule out Lacazette staying. I, I've always thought he'll go, he'll go, he'll go. I, get, I think the Aubameyang departure, which probably came about 18 months before people anticipated, might change things a bit there. Um, and, I, and like I say, I think that there'll be an offer made. But whether or not he's amenable to it, I'm not so sure. I mean... Mm. Especially if he knows someone else is coming in. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, 
you're probably going back to the bench. Um, yeah. Yeah, like if you're his age and you want to play and you do want to play week in, week out, like, you know, yeah. if you know Arsenal... Like say, a, here's yeah. a three-year deal. Yeah. Come home, you know, you'll be the captain or whatever. Uh, you know, that, that will hold some sway. So, hmm. not sure, not sure. I think... Yeah, that's a really close one to call, I think, right now. Yeah. Um, can, can I ask you one more? I'm very sorry, oh, yeah, because yeah, we had yeah. a lot of questions about this. Um, let me see. I had one on Twitter from Jack, who's at Islington Jack, who said, Rashford, realistic recruitment or rubbish rumor? While on the Discord, Wolfbane4 said, Morning, lads, what do you think of reports linking Rashford? Got to be careful with this one because... (sighs) So, within football, for kind of quite a long time now, maybe... Like, Marcus Rashford, the symbol, and I guess the man has done some pretty amazing things... Um, socially but I don't think his football has been great for quite some time and certainly some people will tell you that um, there is a lot of PR activity around Marcus Rashford in a way that clouds or even detracts from his game now some people hate that idea and I completely understand why, because he's using his platform for amazing stuff. Um, but if you're asking, and, and like I fully endorse and support all the incredible work he's done off the field. Mm. If you're asking me purely as a footballer, I'm not sure that he is the right guy for us. I, I, I just think his game is in a bit of a funk. Now, a move could enliven him. Um, you mm. know, it could be a kind of fresh start for him but I also look at him and I think Danny Welby positionally I'm not sure what the fit is like mm. not sure where he would play don't know I, uh, what do you think just a bit too Welbecky for me and I love I love Danny Welbeck I thought he was a great yeah. guy but just not quite the player that we needed um, I, I, I it feels like as a player he needs a change of scenery or he needs a manager who, you know, at Manchester United, who's going to come in and give him the sort of trust and faith that, that players, sometimes players need to to get out of the kind of funk that you're talking about, you know, because what's yeah. he got? Five goals this season. I think he's had some injury problems as well. Um, the main we, problem he's had is they keep buying people. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, to play in his positions. Um, and that obviously might that say something, the players. Yeah rhythm and confidence and all those things. I mean, look, he, he profile-wise, young English player, clearly a decent guy. He would fit the group. Um, for me, it's more the thing of like, is he a centre-forward? Is he a winger? What, you know, mm. I mean, it's very familiar with Danny Welbeck, I guess. Um, I don't think he's a guy to play number nine in this team. I think he could play maybe one of the wide roles. Um, so maybe that's sort of you know when you're talking yeah. about that kind of secondary attacker maybe that could be a fit but yeah I 
I, I would hesitate. I just think the premium that would be on him because of his Englishness, because he's a United player, I'm not sure that he's worth it. I might be wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see us going for it anyway. I don't think he'd be too high up our list unless there was some kind of bargain deal to be done and you're looking for that second forward, you know, somebody who can play across the front line, if you like. Yeah. You know? And he can do that. He's versatile mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Yeah. I just sort of look at our young English forwards and I think I just prefer them, you know? Mm. Um, But it wouldn't hurt to have another, I guess. But uh, yeah, he's 24 still. He's not, you know, he's he's not he's not you know, he's still a young guy. Um Yeah. I, I just don't see it. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel true to me. And I've heard nothing to suggest it is true. Mm. So And as for the Harland one, I am sort of staggered that anyone's talking about that as a realistic <laughs> possibility, aren't you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's literally no chance of it happening. No chance. I mean, zero chance, guys. Zero chance. <laughs> he is going to, you know, what is it? Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, I think, are the clubs. Yeah. United, maybe. Um, uh, yeah. Why would, you go that, to, why would you go to United? I don't, you know. You could go to Man City, the club of his father. Um, I mean, yeah, that seems nailed on. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you know, they were looking. I mean, if you're Man City... And you were going to pay a load of money for Harry Kane last year. You're not going to pay that money for him now. Um, Ireland's a way better deal. Of course. Way better. Even if it's more expensive, you know, you've got years of a player to go. And and Kane strikes me as one of those guys who, at some point, you know, it'll just kind of grind to a halt like like a fucking old steam train or something, you know? Like Van Persie did a bit. I mean... Do you, do you do you see the stories today? United looking at Kane. Um, oh, good, fucking perfect place for him. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Very sharing him. Yeah, sharing yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, and and probably um, they'll pay an absolute fortune for him. And Spurs will use that money to buy eight or nine players, one of which might be good. So bring yeah. it on, I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. More questions, or are we, do, are, we, are we trailing this prediction on further, or which, are we going to... Have you got a question? Do, do you have an interesting question that you'd like to... I mean, if I've not, we can just... Are they interesting? Are they interesting? Let's They're all interesting, James. It's just levels. Uh, lots about Chris Rock, actually. Now I have a look. Um, <laughs> we've done the Koscielny. We've done the Rashford. Oh, what about this one? Surge, gonna surge on Twitter. Morning, gents. Rumours, possibly with little substance, that Real Madrid may be eyeing up Kieran Tierney. Is he an untouchable? Or is there a high enough fee you would accept? Hmm. There's a few questions on that, actually, I noticed. Um, Is there a fee high enough? Yes, of course. Of course there is. Do I think Real Madrid would pay that fee for Kieran Tierney? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, like, I think, I, you know, you're looking for, and we talked about this last week, you're looking for reliability and consistency of performers um, if you're trying to build a team that's capable of achieving things and developing and growing. And I think he is one of those players now. Like, I know there's a bit of focus on his, you know, what he what he 
doesn't offer as much in the final third. But I think we made this point last week. Defensively, he's giving you like sevens every week, minimum. You know, giving you a seven out of ten defensive, eight out of ten defensive performance every week. And that's hard. That's hard to replicate. And uh, I think there's sort of shades of Nacho Monreal in terms of how consistent he is, you know? So, I, you know, I... I would prefer to keep him. Obviously, if someone comes along and offers stupid money for a- any player, you think about it. But I don't think that that will happen. Um, when you say there's a number, like what do you think that number is? I mean, we paid t- twenty five million. Yeah, you know? so you'd want to double your money, wouldn't you? To think, ab- yeah, to think about it. But then you've got to reinvest some of that money anyway. So it's not like you're making twenty five million. You're going to then have to go and buy a left back, you know, assuming that you don't think Nuno Tavares is the guy to, to fit in straight away. Maybe he is, I don't know. But I think Tierney's a kind of a long-term player here. I think he's going to be here for a good number of years. Yeah, I mean, I have heard there's some other clubs looking at him, like big clubs who have lots of money, um, uh, which is a compliment, you know, and shouldn't be surprising. He's, I think, particularly at international level, he's really well regarded. I mean, Scotland have done well recently. Yeah. He's been pretty integral in that. I think he got a goal, didn't he, over the break? Well. Who are these big teams with money these days, though? I mean, beyond the obvious uh, ones. Are they just the obvious ones? Just the obvious ones, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and and I, I'm not sure that... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think... But he signed a contract, I mean, what is it, less than a year ago. Mm. Um, And uh, I think in the first half of the season, he wasn't the happiest when he was out of the team. And, you know, I think he found that difficult. But I think that's behind him at this point. He's really re-established himself. So, Mm. yeah, I'm not sure I see it. I I don't see him going. But... uh, I think there'll be more stories, I, I imagine, like, you know, about clubs looking at Tierney because I, I do think he's really in demand, actually. Mm. I think, curiously, I think he's rated almost higher outside of Arsenal than it feels like sometimes he is by our own fans. Right. Um, and uh, I guess if that leads to, like, a crazy, crazy offer, then you have to think about it. But Okay, I don't think it'll happen. I think he's, you know, uh, not part of the furniture. That sounds... That sounds bad. Um, but yeah, I, I think it. he's, you know, he's being given the armband week in, week out. I think that says something, so. Yeah, exactly. I think the captaincy thing is, could, you know, could, could I mean, that suggests that they see him as part of the long-term future. Yeah. Okay, we better do it now. We better do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do the predicted Tron. Uh, I'm just putting in the, I'm putting in the fixtures here uh, into the spreadsheet so we can remember what we said. So are we doing just Arsenal? I think so. Okay. I think so. Because I couldn't give a fuck about any of the others. You know, beyond, I just want them all to lose all the time. So I think, yeah, we'll just do Arsenal, I reckon. Right. Um, Do you want to start? We're going to play Crystal Palace on Monday away from home. I'll say my thing, by the way, which oh, is yeah? that I think if Arsenal can win their next three games, I think they will do it. I think they'll get fourth. Right. Um, I think that's abs- like, th- I'm not saying it's easy, 
but they're certainly easier than the, the three games after that. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that when you when you're sort of selecting win lose draw win lose draw is you don't think about like the kind of impact that results have on other teams. And I think if Arsenal take nine from nine in the next three games, mm. I think it could break some of the other runners. You know, it'll yeah. just feel very very strong position. Yeah. That said. Am I going to predict that? Um, Crystal Palace away. Crystal Palace away from home. Yeah. I was going to say we're going to win. you got to win? Yeah. I've got to win for there as well. I think it's going to be really tough. And I think uh, Patrick Vieira is doing a fantastic job there. And they've got some very exciting young attacking players there, don't they? Um, yeah. So I think it could be a bit of a helter-skelter one. But I just think um, we'll have enough. There's a bit, you know, sufficient. I mean, so he's very he's exciting, a bit of bad this team. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll have a test, a real test on our hands. But I think we will, we will just have enough to win that one. Then we've got Brighton at home. Got to be a win. Got to be a win, doesn't it? They are on the beach, as far as I can tell. Famous last words, but they've not mm. been great of late. Yeah. Got to be a home win. Southampton away. Mm. I'm going to say we're going to do it. I'm going to say it's going to be nine from nine. The thing yeah. about the, the thing about this particular run of fixtures is that we play on Monday, then Saturday, then Saturday again, and then we start to get into the realms of of hectic midweek, uh, three games in a week kind of stuff, which will have a physical impact. So I think. We're looking at going into those three games, Palace, Brighton and Southampton, in, in inverted commas, optimal physical condition, if you like. And then we're yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. to think about how the fixtures um, congest and may have an impact on team selection and things like that. Uh, what do you think, Southampton? I think we're going to win. Wow. So that would be mm. a lot of wins in a row. Um, I mean, if we do that, we've done really well. Um what is it next? Chelsea away. <laughs> I, I'll say we'll lose that. I mean... Historically, this season, we lose to the teams above us. It's what we do. I mean, I think if I have to predict a defeat at some point, that seems the obvious one. Because then we've got Manchester United at home... Yeah. See, I think we'll win that. I'm going to put a draw in there. I think okay. we'll draw with Manchester United at home. It's a short turnaround, Wednesday night to Saturday morning. Yeah. And then then we've got... West Ham away. West Ham That's away. That's a tough run. That, that, it those really three is. Those games yeah. is tough. That's why the next three, I think, feel so important as mm. well. Uh, West Ham away... Now I believe I'm right in saying that they may that fixture for them may fall between Let some pretty big European games, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Let's have a I'm look. Just having a look we at play there. them on the first of May. It depends if they get past Leon. Yeah, if they get past Leon, I think that game is sandwiched by a Europa League semi-final, which would be great. Yes, um, that would be good. All right. But getting past Leon won't be straightforward. So no. 
Mm, I think I'm going to go draw with the Hammers. Okay. I think we will win Ooh, against West that. Ham. I think we'll beat West Ham. But I said we beat Man U, so yeah. yeah. I mean, I could be getting carried away with things a little bit. Um, but why You've the gone fuck 10 not? wins, yeah? 10, yeah, 10 wins. 15, well, you got nine 15, games. <laughs> 52 goals, something like that. Okay, great. Um, um, Leeds. Leeds at home, that mm. has to be a win. Has to be a win, Jesse. Yeah. Yep. Um, Newcastle away. Uh, draw. Draw. Hmm. See, this this is one that could be impacted by the table, the ghost fixture. You know. What do you mean the ghost fixture? The Spurs game. Right. That they haven't... Oh, as in like it could be relative It could that. be between Leeds and Newcastle, couldn't it? Yeah, I think there's a good chance it is going to be between Leeds and Newcastle. That's my inkling. I mean, could they put it in the final week of the season? They could. They could. That's been mooted. But I, my gut says it will be the week before. I wonder if they'll the TV companies will think, well, last week it could be... Irrelevant. Mm. They've made that mistake before. Yeah, but then it's only a week before the last week. So at some point, they're going to have to make the decision. But yeah, mm. I think they might put it there. So two difficult away games. Nevertheless, I'm going to go for a win against Newcastle. Okay. Everton on the final day at home. Win. Got to get it done. Win and th- and they are rubbish. Um, and then we've got the Spurs away. Yeah, I'm sorry to say that I think I have that as a defeat. Um, I think that's partly just you know protection. I need mm. to you know, but but yeah, I think uh, I'm worried about that game. I, I as funny as it was when we delayed it postponed it and as funny as it would be if we subsequently won it um they're really cross about that <laughs> they seem and, uh, to be bearing a grudge all right don't yeah. they although their women's team postponed the north london derby i noticed this weekend i was supposed to be at that at the yeah. Emirates stadium yeah um i've just got a bad feeling about that one my main hope is that it's far that like it's sorted by then um but that feels a bit unrealistic so I'll say that we'll lose. So what? how many points have we each given us? Then? Right. Well, I've predicted seven wins, two draws and a defeat. So that's, that's 23. 23 points for me. And you have predicted one, two, three, four, five, six wins, yeah. two draws and two defeats. So six, 20. 18, 20 points. 20 from 30 for me. So that um, would leave us with, um, what points are we on at the moment? 54. So I would get us to 77. Jesus, I'm, I could be on drugs. You're, you're feeling very be, optimistic. I, I could think. be on drugs here. I think you might be, but anyway. But then you would be on 74. 74, yeah. So that's only... 
three less. So which one of us is the cockeyed optimist here? Oh, I would have thought it'd be me. I mean, the thing is, I did this earlier in the season. Mm. Um, no, not like a few weeks ago. And I was like, conservatively, I think we'll get to 70 points. Like, right. I, you know, I've been a little bit more optimistic on the record here. Um, I mean, if we get to, as I've predicted, 74 points, I won't be complaining about our league position. Like, it would hurt to not get fourth, but if we get to 74 points, then mm. I can live with the progress for sure. Um, I mean, so just for the record, so nine games uh, Spurs have left. For them to get to the lower of our tallies, 74, would be 23 points from an available 27 well then we just have to beat them and make it really difficult for them yeah uh, yeah and bear in mind that I had us losing that game mm. so I mean if we beat Spurs we're going to be in a really strong position but it's so topsy-turvy their games their games on paper do look easy I will say that yeah do you know what their games are they've got Newcastle at home, Villa away, Brighton at home, Brentford away, (laughs) Leicester at home, Liverpool away. I've got, I'm holding out a lot of hope on Liverpool away, Burnley at home, Norwich away. I mean, mean, that's a very, very favourable run in for them. But I mean, does it not, does it not stink of Spurs as well? Sure. I mean, listen, they could go to Aston Villa and get the, or they could go to Brentford. Amy Martinez ma- masterclass. Yeah. And I'll be cheering on those teams every single week. And if Liverpool don't do the decent thing and beat Tottenham Hotspur, I am going to be furious. Incandescent with rage. Yeah. It's really tight. It's really yeah, tight. Yeah. And, 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 and the next three games are massive for Arsenal because as well as we've done recently... There's mm. a horrible little run coming up after that. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, what I would say is I think that when we predict these things, generally all fans predict more wins for the good teams than actually happen. I, I think as a rule. Right. Like uh, I think basically teams drop unexpected points. Yeah, You can rationally say, yeah, mm. Arsenal will win that. Spurs will win that. It doesn't really go like that. For the most part, no, no, there'll be some, yeah, there'll be some twists and turns along the way for sure. Um, But you know what? It's genuinely. I'm sitting here on a Monday morning talking to you about it, and I know that by the time the next game comes around, which is a week from now, for fuck's sake, but my stomach will be churning in a way that it hasn't for a few years. You know. That there's something exciting about this. There's something about the games meaning more, about the points being so important. And if this is part of the process to get back to where we want to get, we keep saying we want to get back to this particular position, don't we? Or to a to a sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for here? To be the kind of team that can potentially challenge for the title, and that means 
every game is huge and every game is massively important. And the consequence of that is that you can't just sort of what's the uh, drift through a season, if you like, which is kind of how we've viewed or, f- or how it's felt a bit in the last few years. Well, yeah. we know there's this sort of period of regeneration, if you like. Um, and now we're getting to a point where this shit really matters. It really matters. And it's great, even if it's kind of terrifying at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You want stakes, you want consequences, you want drama. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, we don't need a predictor to to say we're going to have that. Um and it's great to be invested and feel relevant uh, at this point in the season. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Really, really interesting. And um, I guess we've just got to take a, a, a leaf from Mickey Arteta's book and try and take it a game at a time. Yeah, one game at a time. All right. Well, look, there's the Predictatron. It is in spreadsheet form. It could come back to haunt us at the end of the season. Who knows? We could be shown to be know-nothing Egypts. But, you know, I'm I'm sort of... I imagine so. Yeah, I, I guess so too. But look, I'm, I'm happy to get invested in the potential of what we can do in these games. And look, if it's disappointing, it'll be disappointing for, for obvious reasons and not just because our predictions are wrong. that's true I don't think that's what we'll be lamenting no No, our predictions were wrong god damn it if only we could have predicted better everyone would be happy but uh, yeah All right. well look will we leave it there for today I think we should yes I think we should quite interlully it's Um, very interlully we've actually done very well we have we've we've, you know you you could barely tell Um, but we'll be back we will after the Palace game I presume yeah for sure we'll, Tuesday rather than we'll do it the Tuesday of course alright we'll do some stuff in midweek on Patreon for you guys as well so uh, stick around for that for now though as ever thank you very much and we'll catch you on the next one bye bye A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.